All right, if you have your Bible, turn to Mark, the fifth chapter. This is a sobering text. There's a lot in it. And I got to go back and study it some more because I think just what I said, there's a lot in it. But it's powerful. And it's up to date. All right, Mark the fifth chapter, and I'm going to verse, start at verse one. Follow along with me if you've got a Bible. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him one of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwellings among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had often been bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken pieces, neither could any man tame him. Now, you got to know, when men are bound with chains, and probably they found the biggest chains that they could find to bind legion. And the Bible said he just plucked them and broke them asunder. The first thing that tells me is that you don't want to try to deal with the devil without Jesus. Because he's powerful. He's more powerful than an army. He's more powerful than nuclear war. He's way too powerful and way too subtle and way too deceptive for any of us or anybody anywhere to try and outsmart the devil. You'll never do it in a million years. Verse 5, and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tomb, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not." For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. See, that was the devil talking to Jesus. That was the devil inside of the man saying, Jesus, don't come and torment me. I don't want to be troubled by you. I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. The only force that can handle the devil is Jesus Christ. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of sweet swine that were feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. The devil 
is always looking for a body. He's always looking for a ride. He's looking for advertisement, and the only advertisement that he can get, being a spirit, he needs to enter into something that's human or something that's animal. Otherwise, nobody's going to see him. And look at how people today are acting, are dressing. Look at the advertisement that the devil is getting today in America. In our libraries with the drag queens. In our streets with the marching and the gay crowd. And with all that's going on, Satan loves it when he has a body to ride in and a mind to control. He's having his way. And he's having his way in America like he's never had it before. We're seeing things now that we can't imagine. We're seeing things now we can't even believe. So Satan is looking for a ride. And the Bible says in verse 12, And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. You see, that just wasn't an incidental statement. The devil knew that there was going to be results, an outcome. Something was going to develop in this story that was going to work for the devil. That's why all the devil said, let us go into the swine. Had they not gone into the swine, trouble would have never started. But the devil had the insight, the foresight, and they knew where they wanted to go because they wanted to do more damage. Stick with me. And forthwith, Jesus gave them leave and said, Okay, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000, and they were choked in the sea. Animals knew better. Animals knew better. Someone called me this week, just came to my mind. And this individual had a dog. And a Satanist came into the house. And had a spirit. And no one was home. And when that individual came back to the house, the dog jumped on her, couldn't couldn't be away from her, jumped on the bed, put his head on the pillow with her. The dog did not want to be alone. 
because he knew a devil was in the person who was in the house and the dog had more sense and more discernment than people who are in the very top places of this country. The dog was ill-behaving because he knew it was the spirit. You don't want to play church because that's the fastest way to invite the devil into your mind. You don't want to play with the devil. He knows what he's doing in this story of the devil. And the spirit inside ran up to Jesus and said, don't torment us, don't torment us. And whatever you do, don't just send us out into the air. We can't operate unless we're in a body. Be it an animal, be it a human. I want you to get a little respect for the devil. Okay? Young people, you be careful. You be very, very careful. Because the boy or girl you may be dating may have a bad spirit. Or the man or woman you're dating may have a bad spirit. Or the man or woman you marry may have a bad spirit. That's why you have courtship. You got to know what you're dealing with. Or you'll be sleeping with the devil. And I wanted to study this more, and I'm getting lightnings in the pulpit as we go. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus, and they see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Jesus solved the problem, and they were still afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also what happened to the swine. And they begin to pray him to depart out of the coast. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed that he might be with Jesus. He wanted to go with Jesus for what Jesus did to him. Now look at the mercy and the love that Jesus had for, that, for the Gadareans and for that whole country who needed God desperately. Jesus said, no. He said, go home. Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis. This is the the guy that was healed. How great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Those broken chains... The clatter of those broken chains, the clatter of those broken links, 
of those chains being plucked asunder. They're speaking to the sins of America. Have you ever seen so many wild people as you see in our streets today? Have you ever seen so much hate and so much racial conflict and so much lying and so much killing and so many innocent peoples being destroyed? That's because Satan is loose. And the only thing that can bind him is the Word and the Spirit. That's why, young and old people, you've got to make sure you have the Word and the Spirit in you. Because if you don't have the Word and the Spirit in you, you're a revolving door for any kind of a spirit that's out there to hop a ride inside of you or inside of me. Don't make any difference who we are. And I just want you to see how dangerous things are becoming in America. And it was very, very encouraging and pleasing to me to see Colt come down to the altar last Sunday. It reminded me when I was his age because I was in a church in between coming from Fort Bliss, Texas, and then having to go overseas to Korea for 18 months. And Jack Wurtzen had a revival in Schenectady, New York, and the place was packed, and it was a long church. And that guy got done preaching. And I was the only one that got out of the pew, and I took a long walk and came down to the altar. And I gave my heart to God. That was about the second, third time in that week. But I wanted to make sure I got the job done. Jesus hung on a tree publicly for me. The least I can do is walk out of a pew and come down publicly for my own soul. Amen? Men in chains, men in politics, Men with guns, armies, nuclear weapons, whatever. They cannot bind nor stop the devil. Authorities, governments, prisons, and man's ideas of confinement can do nothing much against human depravity. However, to the people who lived in that neighborhood with the demoniac might imagine that they were safe and could sleep better at nights knowing that Legion was in chains. But what they didn't know is that no human power or chain could bind the spirit of the devil. And today societies are resorting to the same kinds of substitutes. We put madmen into asylums. We put the criminals into prisons. And then we let them out just as soon as we put them in. We try to internationally disarm and bind communist countries from having nuclear power. We try to impose a multiplicity of ways to take our lower nature, um, to tame our lower nature. 
But chains only bind momentarily. They do not cure. They can medicate you just to slow you down. They can doctor you. They can incarcerate you. They can do this and do that. But if Jesus doesn't come on the scene and get into your heart, it's just going to be a matter of time before you manifest. Legion's chains just illustrate the basic weakness of man's chains to deal with human depravity and sin. We see our politicians' ignorance and human solutions too often are futile when it comes to binding evil. No doubt, the townsmen got the strongest chains that they could find, but nothing proved strong enough because when the demonical man went into his frenzy, And his evil moments, supernatural strength broke out again. So that's the way it is with all those who have unclean spirits. Never saw so many unclean spirits as are out there today. Because there's so much out there that's evil, that is accessible, that is approachable, that is available for even our tiny tots. It's a shame what the adults are allowing children to be exposed to in our schools and in our culture, in our education, academia world, in the military, in in our organizations. America is underestimating the powers of sin, Satan, and the world, and the flesh, and the conclusion is that man-made chains are not as strong as the nature which they seek to bind. Those chains strike a pathetic contrast with the way in which Christ deals with human depravity and the way Christ deals with sin and the way Christ deals with the world. Jesus didn't play around with the enemy. He let him know right up front. That's why I told you on Easter Sunday, when they brought him to a religious court, Jesus didn't say anything. Because he didn't come to bring a religion. He didn't want nothing to do with religion. It was a bunch of phony. But when they brought him before Pilate, and brought him to a secular court, and brought him to another king, then Jesus met him head on and told him, I'm a king too. And my kingdom is greater than your kingdom. Thank God for that. And then you got preachers today, probably 80% of them talking about the kingdom's not here yet. And that's all they talk about in the, in, in the, in the Gospels and the prophecy and the, the letters. That's all they talk about. Repent for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, repent, repent. And then you got preachers talking about what's going on out there. 
That's because they're outstanding in their field. Religion has become a joke in America. And how foolish, I'm repeating, we have made sin accessible, available, attainable, easily approachable, and now legal, lawful, likable, and lovable. We've made drinking alcohol lovable. We've made taking drugs available. We made killing babies legal. Yes, our adult world, our leaders have opened the door for our kids whose brains aren't even developed until they're 26 years old and while they're 10, 11, 8, 9, they're being introduced to all kinds of vulgarity and drag queens and this lifestyle and that lifestyle and it's in their cartoons and it's in their books and everywhere they turn, it's being advertised. You know what Jesus said? Offenses are going to come but woe unto them by whom they come. There is a payday coming. And one of the biggest tragedies we have is you can't get the saints out to the Lord's day anymore. But the word of God says for this purpose, Listen to what God says. For this purpose was the Son of Man manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is of the devil, is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. Do you hear that? See all that hate going on? Don't tell anybody you're of God when you hate people. And, and, and you want to hurt people. And you want to lie to people. And you want to rob people. And you want to rape people. You want to take advantage of people. In Matthew one twenty one. The angel of the Lord said to Joseph, he said, Joseph, and your wife, when she becomes your wife, she's going to bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from, from, from their sins. Don't disgust me. With I sin, you sin, we all sinners. Don't you think God could have brought a plan into this world that enabled safe people to live above sin? Huh? What kind of God is that he can't make a plan that works? And how ignorant to stand up and say, I sin, you sin, we all sin. And yet the Bible says he that committed sin is of the devil. Wake up. 
And I know you all know this. It's not like I'm preaching to a bunch of sinners tonight. But this is the gospel. And it's information. And it's good information anytime we hear that everlasting gospel. We just sang about it. Send the light. Send the light. Yeah. Amen. That's right. And there's a way that seems right to a man, but the endings thereof are death. Well, how did Jesus deal with this unclean spirit? Our Lord immediately discerned the fearful abnormality at once and as an extreme case of inward invasion by demonic spirits, the citadel of this man's will and soul had been batted down and like a Trojan horse, 2,000 spirits came into that man's soul, into his will, and took over his personality. We see it every day in the appearances and vulgar personalities of humanity. And what better time to have a revival of hope for the hopeless and help for the helpless. Our Lord had just commanded the winds to stop and the waves to cease. Now commands a regiment of demons to come out of the man of the Gadarenes. <laughs> Jesus didn't mess with them. The devil knew he was, as soon as Jesus hit his foot in the Gadarene, the country, the devil knew that Jesus was coming his way and the devil knew his party was about to be over. And the evil spirits immediately exit his life. Instead of an outward chain rattling now, there was a powerful inward chain change. The chains weren't rattling, but the change became visible. And when the news was noised abroad, and, and many came out of the, uh, the, the Gadarenes to see for themselves, what did they see? They found the demoniac sitting in a gentle posture, normal instead of abnormal, transformed instead of deformed, free instead of confused and bound. But let's make the text personal now, and I'll close. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. God made the words in this book more powerful than all the devils in hell. This book is too hot to handle. The word of God. And the devil knows when the word of God's being preached and he knows when it's not being preached. Amen. That's why Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
Wonderful. So he was sitting, and then the Bible says he was clothed. He put some clothes on. That's what saved people do. They put clothes on. Walmart's customers haven't got the message yet. Amen. Wow. He was close, and now he was decent after having been degraded. And now he was modest after having been mutilated. Cut himself. Did you ever see so many people cutting themselves, needling themselves, piercing themselves? It's the wrong thing to do. I'll go as far as to say I don't even know if it's sin, but I do know this. It's the wrong thing to do because you were made and I were made in the image of God. And you know what happens when you lose your image? You start trying to live somebody else. You start trying to be somebody else. You try to dress like somebody else. You try to talk like somebody else. You try to act like somebody else. And the devil wants to get you further and further away from the image of God so he could destroy your soul in hell. But let's make the text personal. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. This is what the world doubts and what religion says is impossible. You can change many things, but you can never change the nature of sin in a sinner. That's a lie. Well, it's time that the old proverb be thrown out the window. You can never change the nature of sin in a sinner. But the light of the gospel differs and lets you and I know that the Lord Jesus can change our very nature through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, we preached for a long time, Brother Gayhart. We had to eradicate. We had that Adamic sin. Adam sinned, and then they were preaching, well, we're lost for Adam's sin. No, you're never lost for Adam's sin. Adam's lost for his own sin. I'm lost for my own sin. You're lost for your own sin. What kind of, what kind of a judgment or just justice judgment is that? And so we preached for a long time and we split churches and we split fellowship and we and some hated one another. God never intended to take and eradicate anything out of you. His whole plan was to get the right thing inside of you. 
That's why he said, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. And how be it when he, the Spirit of God is, you'll have power to witness and to live above sin and to conquer the world. It's not taking this nature. You're never going to have your nature. That's why in Isaiah the 11th chapter, the Bible said, the lion will lay down with the lamb and the bear will lay down with the little goat and a little child will lead them. God's taken the, reduct, the, the reduction of, of the fierceness of men. Jesus said, go tell Herod, he's a fox. John the Baptist said, who warned you devils? Or, or, or you, uh, what did he say? You, you, uh, you vipers, yeah. Paul said, after my departure shall grievous wolves enter in. What's he talking about? Men with the nature of wolves and a nature like snake and the nature and the nature like bear and the nature like this. That's why you say sometimes the old lady, she's in an uproar. And the old man, he like a bear. And take your car to a dealership. They're like snakes. They'll charge you three times what it costs to fix your car, especially if you're a woman. Don't you dare bring your car, be a woman, and bring it in to a dealership. Just like the devil see you coming. And when they see you coming, their eyes go into the shape of dollar signs. Good morning. How can we help you, ma'am? Well, I need my brakes fixed. Sure, sure, we'll take care of it. And you come back to get your bill? Now, if you go through me, you get it fixed for $50, $60. You go through them, they'll cost you $500. Come to Papa. I got connections. I'm trying to help you save some money. Trust me when I tell you. I had the oil changed at my place, where these guys are very honest. And I got five quarts of full synthetic oil. And they changed my oil, changed the filter, did all the things. How much do you think they charged me? Somebody take a guess. Another guess. Huh? 30? What would you say? Oh. Well, they charged me $43. Try to buy five quarts of full synthetic oil and come back and tell me how much it costs. But I bring them a lot of customers. And Joyce went down to have her car, her air conditioner. That, that's a disaster. You bring a, a car into a dealer and you need an air conditioner, your, your air's not working. Most times, all they got to do is just put new... Uh, Freon, what, 40 bucks, 30 bucks. But if you go to a dealer or some of these crooked people, and don't, and believe me when I tell you, they're, they're crooked. Everybody's struggling to get ahead now. Yes, they're, they're, they are doing amazing things in restaurants, amazing things in, in uh, dealerships, amazing things wherever people are trying to survive. 
Because our nation is under a heavy, heavy inflation. And I said to Joyce, bring your car down here. And they will tell you exactly what's wrong. And they will not try to hustle you. And she went back to get her car. And it was just pennies. All I had to do was just put the Freon in there. You know how they like to tell you, well, your compressor's broke. It's this $500. But you'll be cool. Now, you think I'm just exaggerating. Well, then go ahead and bring your car into these dealers. Let me know how it goes. Your best friend in this world right now are people like me and people like Jesus. Amen. And there's not many preachers that will preach like they're supposed to preach. And I don't mean be arrogant, and I don't mean insult people. But have enough guts to stand up and tell your people what the truth is. Tell your people that joining a church or wearing a denominational labor or or, or getting baptized or, or getting sprinkled or getting splashed or getting dipped. Salvation makes you a member. When your heart gets changed and the Holy Spirit comes in you and you're born of the Spirit, then God writes your name down in heaven and nobody else does. And nobody else can erase it. Look at this. Almost an empty church tonight and I feel like preaching. I'm almost through. I'm closing. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) I'm evil. (laughs) And that is the kind of Savior we need. And that is the kind of savior, Savior that Jesus is. A Savior who can change our human nature while it is still in us. That's why Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem. Wait for the Spirit, the promise, the gift of the Spirit. And when he comes, you'll be able to witness. You'll be able to show the world that you can live above sin. And I know there's people that And it's another lesson, but I'll just throw it out because some of you may have questions. People hear a message of holiness and they say, well, well, that's, nobody can live holy because, you know, I'm walking down the street and I have a thought and it's a bad thought. Well, the Bible talks about thoughts of evil and evil thoughts. You understand? You walk down the street and you see a wallet. What's your first impression? Oh, boy, I hope there's a lot of money in it. Right? What happens when you're walking up the street and you turn the corner and there's somebody in a miniskirt? Silence. 
dead silence. But you all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Well, you can have thoughts of evil, but evil thoughts come out of your heart. That's why James says, you're not a sinner until your own lust drags you away. And then sin is conceived when you reach up into your mind, even though it's a thought and you have no control, you weren't thinking about anything, but you pull that thought down into your soul and then you start to, to give it fruition and then you, you want it to happen. And then when you make conception, sin turns you into death spiritually. So there are steps that got to take place before God cuts you off. You can live holy. You can live holy. Now look at something amazing, and I'll close with this. Look at verse 16 and 17. And they that saw it, saw that the the man was made well, sitting in his right mind and clothed, And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also what happened to the swine. And they begin to pray Jesus to depart out of their coasts. What? You just healed a man that had 2,000 devils in him? You, 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 You just saw a man that was tormented and had power to break chains, but Jesus saved him and healed him, and now you're running him out of town? What kind of town is this? Jesus came to crush the bondage of Satan among them. Look at what Luke said in his account. Luke says, Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought him to depart from them. Jesus, get out of here. Why? They saw how Jesus had supernaturally cured the demonic, which they were afraid of, and then they saw him clothed in his right mind. The fear of a crazy man or a, or a, or a serial killer being loose was, was solved. But they did not offer Jesus one word of gratitude. They didn't say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for healing that possessed man. Our children were afraid. The parents were afraid. You know what the problem was? They lost their pigs. And that's where the devil come back into the picture. They got hit in their wallets. They got hit in their livelihood. They lost their jobs. They lost their paychecks. 
And the devil knew he could still tear things up. Because once the devils got into the pigs, they ran violently down and they committed suicide. Not all suicide is sin. They had lost their pigs. Now Jesus must go. Their material loss was great and it outweighed the spiritual gain. They preferred the swine to the Savior and it shows us that the most outstanding miracle of mercy will not produce desires for God of faith in Christ. Miracles are not going to convince people to go to Christ. They're seeing phony miracles all over the world in all these healing campaigns. In those who care more for their earthly possessions than their spiritual interests. Here's a poem I came across that explains it beautifully. Listen to this poem. Rabbi, be gone. The powers bring loss to us and ours. Our ways are not as thine. Thou lovest men, we swine. Oh, get you hence, omnipotence, and take this fool of thine. His soul, what care we for his soul? What good to us that thou hast made him whole, since we have lost our swine? That's why they wanted Jesus to go. He knocked out their welfare. He knocked out the check. And if that ever happens to America, you're going to see people in every congregation, including this one, they're going to thin out because they're not as tight and as close as they ought to be to Jesus. How do you know? I can tell just by Wednesday night services. You're going to have to give up the world. You're going to have to give up the world. You can't hold God with one hand and the world with the other. It isn't working, and it's not working in the Licking County Church of God either. Maybe you don't love me, but if you're on your deathbed and you're looking God in the face, you'll love me then. You'll love me because I'm telling you the truth. Years, yes, as it was then, back there in the Gadarenes, so it is now. That is why Jesus is rejected. If he comes, anytime Jesus shows up, the swine and the unclean must go. But that hurts human flesh, and men say, no, I must have swine. The greatest hindrance to the spread of the gospel is not satanic power, but human selfishness and the love of the world. So let's break away from our swine this coming week. Yeah, that's right. Let's break away from the swine. 
And let's honor God. And maybe God will break some chains even in this church. So let's break away from our swine this coming week and pray to see Christ change some wild natures. Christ stands without our door and gently knocks, but if our gold or swine the entrance blocks, his force no man's hold, he will depart and leave us to the meanness of our hearts.